Years later, when he was no longer a missionary, no longer living in Villa Barbosa or anywhere near the sprawling behemoth of a city that contained it, Mike Schwartz often wondered if there was anything that he and Elder Toronto could have done to prevent the disappearance of Marco Aurelio. Surely there must have been signs suggesting that the man they had baptized was on the brink of vanishing or, by all indications, simply ceasing to exist. On the not infrequent nights that he had trouble sleeping, Mike sat at his dining room table nursing a glass of warm milk and composing mental laundry lists of not excuses, but factors that had stood in their way. Topping each night's list was Villa Barbosa, the dreaded neighborhood itself. Even before he was transferred there, Villa Barbosa terrified the young elder Schwartz. A mere mention of the neighborhood's name caused his young missionary heart to speed up, his palms to sweat, his bowels to tighten and groan. As the city's most notorious slum, the neighborhood enjoyed an almost mythic status. Everyone, both Elder Schwartz's fellow missionaries and the residents of the city's other neighborhoods, had a favorite story about Villa Barbosa. For instance, an evangelical preacher denounced a handful of local criminals over the pulpit one morning around Christmas time. The next day, the dead, mutilated bodies of the pastor, his wife, two children, and baby were found in front of the church, arranged in a gory nativity scene. Or this one. Over the course of a decade, a popular churrasquero kidnapped the neighborhood's poorest children, cooked them up, and served them as pork from his grilled meat cart. Or this. One hot, sweaty summer, the neighborhood's stray dogs banded together into one massive, snarling pack that roamed the dusty streets with impunity, driving the human residents into their cramped homes for three days until, just as suddenly as they had joined together, the dogs disbanded and returned to their usual vagabond ways. Even if these stories were exaggerations, Elder Schwartz knew they must contain some grim truth of the terrible neighborhood. In his nightly prayers, he asked earnestly and often not to be sent to Villa Barbosa. He had only been working in his second area, a downtrodden but friendly neighborhood, for three months when he got a phone call from headquarters telling him he was being transferred. As requested, he showed up the next morning at the mission office, luggage in tow. Any guesses where you're headed? asked Elder Pellerino, his then companion, as they stepped into the tiled upstairs chapel of the building. I don't know, said Elder Schwartz. He knew where he didn't want to go, but the possibility had nagged at him since the phone call the night before. I bet you're heading to the interior, said Elder Pellerino. You've been in the city for a while. Maybe, said Elder Schwartz. He hoped so. The two of them sat down in one of the hard wooden pews and waited for the transfer meeting to begin. The chapel was about half full of missionaries engaged in similar conversations. Where will I go? Who will I work with? In the usual blend of Portuguese and English. The missionaries were all young, at the end of their teens or the start of their twenties, 
With their scuffed dress shoes, their frayed slacks, their stained ties, and their graying white shirts, they looked like a mangy, nervous convention of junior accountants. On a morning like this, they all tried with varying degrees of success not to fixate on the amount of time they had left before their two years were up and they could return home to civilian life and the relative freedoms it offered.